I'm just thankful for God today. Well, take your Bible, if you would, and turn with us to the book of Exodus. And I will tell you right out of the gate that Exodus chapter 5 is our introduction and probably half to, oh, I don't know, maybe 70% of the message today will be from Exodus chapter number 5, and that's just the introduction. And uh, so, don't worry, Super Bowl's not on till tonight. We are glad you're here, and we are studying this matter of the wisdom of work. Now, we've looked at the work of the blood of Christ that gives remission of sin and redemption of souls and a relationship with the Savior and a reward uh, that's still in store. And last week, uh, we talked about the beginning work, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. I love the simplicity of this verse. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. We said last week it was a profound and personal, planned, precise and perfect work that is persisting, protected and profitable by God's care, yet perishing because of man's sin, but also preserved for God's cause. You say, what is His cause? The salvation of mankind. And when we think of man's sin, when we think of the struggles of life, we quickly realize that life often makes it hard to serve God. You can say amen right there. We're going to prove it in a minute. But this life often makes it hard to serve God. But we know that serving God brings lovely reward. You ever feel like you're trying to complete a task and you're missing something that you need? And we're going to look here in the book of Exodus, and you probably are familiar uh, with this uh, history lesson uh, this morning. But I want you to think if you were a carpenter and you had to uh, build so many wooden uh, things per week with wood and nails, and they took your hammer. And wait a minute, and they took your ratchet handle because that's what some of you use as a hammer. <laughs> they took your adjustable wrench, which some of you use as a... They took the shoe with the solid heel on it, which some of you use. For him. Boy, that seemed like that would be impossible to complete your task. But I want us this morning to focus on the struggles as we look at part two now of the wisdom of work, which is the burdensome work. The burdensome work. Exodus chapter 5. Look with me at verse number 1. Exodus chapter 5, verse number 1. And afterward, Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go. I'm sorry, I cannot read that without seeing Charlton Heston in my mind. (laughs) Let my people go. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey His voice to let Israel go? I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. And they said, The God of the Hebrews hath met with us. 
Let us go, we pray thee, three days' journey into the desert, and sacrifice unto the Lord our God, lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with the sword. And the king of Egypt said unto them, Wherefore do ye, Moses and Aaron, let the people from their works get you unto your burdens? Pharaoh said, Behold, the people of the land now are many, and you make them rest from their burdens. And keep your Bible open as we move through Exodus chapter 5 this morning. But I want us to consider this matter of the burdensome work and the struggles that we face in life. Father, I pray today that you'd bless our time and help us. Lord, as we would look into your word, that we would find truth that would give us comfort and strength, wisdom, guidance, and peace. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for all that you have done, the work that you continue to do and that which you still have promised to do. And Lord, I pray that our hearts and minds would focus upon you in complete, uh, humble trust today. And if there's one here without Christ as their Savior, that Lord, that they would see their need to be saved today and that they would receive your free gift of grace. Free to us, cost you your precious Son. And Lord, I pray uh, again that you would just help us today. In Jesus' name, amen. We are all familiar with the phrase, no rest for the weary. This carries with it the thought that a person must keep working even though that person is exhausted or tired. My dad would always say it this way, don't worry about the mules, load the wagon." Isn't that the way this world seems to operate? No regard for people's well-being, just pile on the work. The job that I had uh, that uh, I left when we came here, uh, they came up with this, oh boy, this brand new thing, and they were so happy to bring it to the company. And it was this new idea, this paradigm shift, supposedly, they were going to have. And it's three words, work-life balance. What we found out that meant is you keep working and don't worry about your life. Otherwise, we'll affect the balance of your bank account. Work-life balance. Who cares if the workers are wiped out? Who cares if they're wrecked along the way? But friends, that's not what Jesus said at all. In Matthew chapter number 11, verses 28 through 30, Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In our text, in Exodus chapter 5, we find a perfect example of what Jesus said. We find Moses 
As he now uh, goes to Pharaoh and he intercedes for the people, he asks Pharaoh for a little relief from their burdens, a little relief from their work for the purpose of the people coming to God for rest and worship. We also find Pharaoh, he doesn't care about the people. He only cares about Pharaoh. And he argues that rest and worship aren't really needed. So the people need to just forget God and return to work. And there are a few things that I want us to consider about burdens and what makes them either lighthearted or heavy laden. Number one, by way of outline this morning, is this, the real entrance of burdens. The real entrance of burdens. I don't have to take the time to remind us that this life is filled with burdens, right? I don't have to remind you that often we carry a heavy load and a heavy burden and often we're weighed down in this life. Oh, friends, you have plenty of burdens that you've faced before. You have burdens that you might be facing right this very moment. You have burdens that you will someday face along the way. But the help comes from knowing how to face our burdens the right way. See, we either learn to live through the burdens or to be lost under the burdens. Jesus said, come, Learn rest. His way is the easy way. Or you can refuse Him and keep laboring under that heavy load without Christ and you'll find yourself crushed. See, Moses here in Exodus chapter 5, he's listening to God and he wants to help the people. Pharaoh doesn't know God and Pharaoh doesn't care who gets hurt as long as His work gets done. And as we consider the reality of burdens, verses 1 through 5 of Exodus 5, we realize there are two groups at work here. There are God-hearers who want to take time to worship and lighten the burden. Then there are God-haters who see worship as a worthless waste of time and want more time spent working harder under the heavy load of burdens. Now watch as we go through chapter 5 to see what happens. Yes, there is a real entrance of burdens, but number two, there is the rapid escalation of burdens. Exodus chapter 5 verse 6. And Pharaoh commanded the same day the taskmasters of the people and their officers, saying, Ye shall no more give the people straw to make brick as heretofore. Let them go and gather straw for themselves. And the tale of the bricks, which they did make heretofore, ye shall lay upon them. Ye shall not diminish aught thereof, for they be idle. Therefore they cry, saying, Let us go and sacrifice to our God. Let their more work be laid upon the men that they may labor therein and let them not regard vain 
words. And the taskmasters of the people went out and their officers, and they spake to the people, saying, Thus saith Pharaoh, I will not give you straw. Go ye, get you straw where ye can find it. Yet not aught of your work shall be diminished. So the people were scattered abroad throughout all the land of Egypt to gather stubble instead of straw. And the taskmasters hasted them, saying, Fulfill your works, your daily tasks, as when there was straw. Isn't it interesting? The more that we seek the need to worship, the more work seems to pile on. You know, there's no time to fritter away and fool around with worship when there's work that has to be finished. I mean, come on, preacher. We spend all week working for our boss. And then when that week is over, there's the business of home to take care of. And we don't possibly have time to fool around with church. We're already burning the candle at both ends with no end in sight. We can't afford to waste time on God. Look at verse 9. Look at verse 9. Let their more work be laid upon the men that they may labor therein and let them not regard vain words. This world will tell you to stop listening to God, but you can't afford not to take time to listen to God. Let me assure you today, Let me just go ahead and get this right out there this morning. This world will load you with more work, more burdens, more obligations than you can ever hope to accomplish in a lifetime. Verse 13. And the taskmasters hasted them. Hurry up! Let's go! Get the work done! Fulfill your works, your daily tasks, as when there was straw. That's interesting. No matter matter what comes your way, no matter how much more piles on, you better do the same amount that you've always done. You better not slip now. You, You better just get it out. I don't care what you have to sacrifice along the way. You better make sure the work gets done. That's what the world says. Now, I am not saying that we should be lax and lazy in our work and throw up our hands and quit. But we must learn to look to God as our only hope to lighten the load. The Lord called the people of Israel and He still calls us today to take time for worship. It's where we rest and recharge to better return to our labors. You know, you can work until you're exhausted and then you can continue working. What happens when you continue working in exhaustion? You start to make mistakes. You start to hurt yourself. You you put your hand in the belt of the compressor. (laughs) Must not have slept well that night, Brother Richard. (laughs) We can work our fingers to the bone for this world. We'll never get it all done. We'll ne- well, Brother Larry, say amen. You've got notebooks full of things to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> amen. Men, I gave you 
on Father's Day last year, a notebook that you could let your wives and, and your loved ones write in there everything that you need to do. I had people come ask me for more notebooks. Theirs was full already. I've got to-do lists at home. I've got to-do lists here at the church. I've got to-do lists in my head. I've got to-do lists in my phone. And, you know, so, hey, we don't have time for church this morning. I've got things to do. You know what's at the top of my list of things to do? Stop and worship God. Stop and spend time with God. Why? Because He gives you rest. He gives you strength. He gives you wisdom. He gives you guidance. It's amazing how you can take some time and spend with God. And it seems that God can just sort of hold the hand on the clock and make everything just work out just so, so that you get more accomplished in that day. Worship is not worthless. It's worthwhile. In fact, I dare say it's essential. It's healthy and it's helpful for the heavy load that we face in life. And when the burdens escalate, it's not time for more work. It's time for more worship. More work will only make you too miserable to worship. Now see this. We talked about the real entrance of burdens and the rapid escalation of burdens. But number three, I want us to notice the reckless evaluation of burdens. The reckless evaluation of burdens. Now let not your heart be troubled this morning. I want you to know I just turned down the road that you live on. And in a moment, I'm going to pull right up in your driveway and start blowing the horn. So just, just be ready. Just be ready. Don't, don't leave. You just stay right here. The reckless evaluation of burdens. Look at verse 14. The officers of the children of Israel, which Pharaoh's taskmasters had set over them, were beaten and demanded, Wherefore have ye not fulfilled your task in making brick, both yesterday and today, as heretofore? Then the officers of the children of Israel came and cried unto Pharaoh, saying, Wherefore dealest thou thus with thy servants? There is no straw given unto thy servants. And they say to us, Make brick. And behold, thy servants are beaten. But the fault is in thine own people. That, that, now I want you to notice, that's what they, not the people, but that's what the taskmasters are saying to the people. They're saying, uh, here, the fault is in thine own people. But he said, you're idle, you're idle. Therefore ye say, let us go and do sacrifice to the Lord. Go therefore now and work. For there shall no straw be given you, yet ye shall deliver the tale of bricks. And the officers of the children of Israel did see that they were in evil case. After it was said, ye shall not minish aught from your bricks of your daily task. Now I want you to notice some terrible lies that we often listen to and we often tell ourselves when the burdens of life increase. Are you ready for these? I've got four of them for you. Lie number one. If you'd just work harder, your work wouldn't be so hard. Verse 14, Wherefore have ye not fulfilled your task in making brick both yesterday and today as heretofore? If you'd just work harder, you'd be able to get this done. 
Can I tell you this morning, and you need to understand this, sometimes you cannot work hard enough to ease your burden. Lie number two. You brought this on yourself. It's your own fault. Verse 16. There is no straw given unto thy servants, and they say to us, make brick. The fault is in thine own people. Now, I want you to notice something with me here. You need to understand this truth. Not every burden in your life is a result of your living. Let me say that again. Not every burden in your life is a result of your living. The people, the children of Israel, were not the cause of the crisis here. They didn't tell Pharaoh that he could keep his straw. The straw was kept from them. Lie number three. Stop fooling around with God and you'll be able to get more finished. Stop fooling around with God and you'll be able to get more finished. Verse 17, you're idle. Therefore ye say, let us go and do sacrifice to the Lord. There is a lie that if you'll just skip out on God, you'll find success. And that will continue. That lie will continue to repeat in your head the lie that time spent with God is a waste. But time spent working without Him is worthwhile. That's the lie that will play in your head. We see it repeat in uh, verse number 9. We see it again in verse number 17. And the lie that says it's okay to depart from God because... Because there's so much I still have to do. That leads us to lie number four. There is no hope. Your burdens will build until you're broken by them and buried under them. Verse 18, work. For there shall no straw be given you, yet shall ye deliver the tale of bricks. And the officers of the children of Israel did see that they were in evil case here's the lie you might as well give up on god because he's given up on you and once you start to listen to one or more of these lies it won't be long before you lose sight completely of the truth and that brings us to number four you ready turning into your driveway number four the rotten error of burdens The rotten error of burdens. Verse number 20. And they met Moses and Aaron. Now they've been working without straw. They've been beaten. They've been told now uh, that they got to get the work done. And they met Moses and Aaron who stood in the way as they came forth from Pharaoh. And they said unto them, The Lord look upon you and judge because you have made our savor to be abhorred in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of his servants to put a sword in their hand to slay us. And Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Lord, wherefore hast thou so evil entreated this people? Why is it that thou hast sent me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in thy name, he hath done evil to this people, neither hast thou delivered thy people at all. Do you see 
the sour bitterness belching its suffocating blackness in these verses. Here's what it says. Work stinks. We stink. Life stinks. God, you stink. We're dying, God, and it's all your fault. God, you don't care. God, you aren't helping. God, you're nothing but a liar. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Look out now. You stop listening to God and you start listening to the world and it won't be long before you're calling God a liar too. Maybe you've never said it out loud. But you've thought it in your mind. You find yourself living like you mean it. So what do we do when the burdens come? I didn't say I was going to stay in your driveway for long, just long enough. So what can we do when the burdens come? What should we do when the burdens come? You see, the children of Israel made it all the way, and Moses even made it all the way to this rotten error. But there's good news, friends. Number five, what do we do when the burdens come? Number five, the refocusing exercise of burdens. The refocusing exercise of burdens. And here's a true statement. We'll look at it from the Word of God. If you want to be relieved of your burdens, you must learn to fully trust God. It's as simple as that. You've got to trust His plan. You've got to trust His purpose. Wait a minute. You've got to trust His timing. Exodus chapter number 6. Now that we've made it through the introduction, number 5 has two outlines of its own underneath it. The refocusing exercise of burdens. Exodus chapter 6 and verse 1. Then the Lord said unto Moses, Get away from me. You're dead to me. I don't ever want to see you anymore. No, thank God he didn't say that. Then the Lord said unto Moses, Now shalt thou see what I will do to Pharaoh. We have to get our vision right if we really hope to see victory. Notice now, verses 1 through 3 remind us to refocus upon who God is. Look with me. Then the Lord said unto Moses, Now shalt thou see what I will do to Pharaoh, for with a strong hand shall he let them go, and with a strong hand shall he drive them out of his land. And God spake unto Moses and said unto him, I am the Lord. And I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob by the name of God Almighty, but by my name Jehovah was I not known to them. I want you to know that's the first time God refers to Himself as Jehovah in the Word of God. Not just Jehovah. I am Jehovah. 
His name is a pledge that He will fulfill all His promises. The word Jehovah signifies He is. And coupled with the declaration, I am, we have a double reminder of the self-existent, self-sufficient, unchanging, unending fullness of His divine person. No matter the adversary you face, God is bigger. No matter the burdens you carry, God sees. No matter the pain you feel, God knows. No matter the crisis you face, God can. We have to refocus on who He is. He's not a liar. He's the Lord. Verse 4 reminds us, to refocus upon what God's promised. Exodus chapter 6 and verse 4, And I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage, wherein they were strangers. Let me remind you today, God's covenant with Himself cannot be broken. Period. There's no if, there's no and, there's no but. God's covenant with Himself cannot be broken. Now let me tell you, God made another covenant with Himself at the cross of Calvary through the shed blood of Christ. Hebrews chapter 12 and verses 24 and 25. And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel, see that ye refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escaped not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. Hey, we need to refocus on who God is. We need to refocus upon what's God, what God has promised. And we need to refocus upon what God has done. Verse 5. And I have also heard, that's past tense, the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage. And I have remembered my covenant. God says, I heard the burdens. Can I tell you today, God hears our cries. God said, I've seen the bondage. Let me tell you, God sees your crisis. God said, I have made it my business. That's why Jesus said, come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden, because He shoulders our burden. Refocus on who God is. Refocus on what God's promised. Refocus on what God has done. But refocus upon what God will do. Look with me, verse 6. Now, I left your driveway for a while, but I'm on my way back, just so you know. Not there yet. Wherefore, say unto the children of Israel. Now, God has talked to Moses. This is what he says. Moses, this is what you go tell the people. Wherefore, say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. 
And I will rid you out of their bondage. And I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgments. And I will take you to me for a people. And I will be to you a God. And ye shall know that I am the Lord your God, which bringeth you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will bring you in unto the land concerning the which I did swear to give it to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And I will give it you for a for an heritage. I am the Lord. Amen. Now, let me just go back and summarize what God just told Moses to tell the people. God says, Moses, you go tell the people what I'm going to do. And here's what God said He was going to do. I will bring you out. I will rid you of bondage. I will redeem you. I will bring you to me. I will be your God. I will give this to you because I am God. But that brings a question. And maybe it's in your mind right now. I know that I have uh, entertained this question before. Here it comes. Why then doesn't God just remove the burdensome work from us instead of letting us walk through the burdensome work. Why? Well, let me give you three reasons. Let me give you three reasons. You try to answer on your own. I'm going to give you three reasons that we see here in the Word of God. Number one, reason number one, the burden of our life's work shows the true beauty of His love at work. In verse 6, He says, I am the Lord and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians and I will rid you of their bondage and I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgments. In Romans chapter number 5, verses 6 through 9, the Bible says, For when we were yet without strength, where were these children of Israel? Without strength, buried under their burdens. And in Romans chapter 5, verse 6, For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. Can I tell you this morning, when we were bound in sin, shackled by sin's heavy burden, Jesus showed His love by His outstretched arms on the cross where He shed His precious sinless blood as He took upon Himself our burden so that He could give to us the beauty of His grace. The burden of our life's work shows the true beauty of His love at work. Number two, The temporary pain of work leads to a truthful place of worship. The temporary pain of work leads to a truthful place of worship. Verse 7, And I will take you to me for a people, and I will be to you a God, and ye shall know that I am the Lord your God, which bringeth you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. Let me tell you today, 
It's through the pains of this life that we learn the problems of our sin and our inability to save ourselves. It's through the burdens of this life that we learn the limits of our strength and our constant need for His strength. In 1 Peter chapter number 5 and verse 10, the Bible says, But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto His eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. To Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. It is in our grief that we more clearly realize His glory and grace. Amen. Indeed. You never realize the beauty of the rainbow without the black storm clouds passing by. Why would God allow this storm in my life to refocus you and refocus me upon the burden bearer? Number three. Reason number three. Oh, we saw the Burden of our life's work shows the true beauty of His love at work and the temporary pain of our work leads to a truthful place of worship. But now, number three. Getting ready to pull in your driveway. The awful bonds of this grievous life. You you know what those are. The awful bonds of this grievous life are no match for the amazing blessings, the awaiting blessings of His gracious love. Verse 8, Exodus chapter 6. And I will bring you unto the land, in unto the land concerning the which I did swear to give it to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, and I will give it you for an heritage. I am the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2 and verse number 9, let me remind you uh, this morning, but as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love Him. Go ahead, get ready, get excited, Brother Robert. Here comes John chapter 14 again, verses 1 through 3. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. Let me encourage you this morning, friend. The hurts of this life cannot compare to the happiness of the heavenly home that awaits with the Lord. Beep, beep. Here I am. Here comes the closing truth for us today. Look back at Exodus chapter 6, verse 9. And Moses spake so. He said what God told him to say. Moses spake so unto the children of Israel. But they hearkened not unto Moses. For anguish of spirit and for cruel bondage. 
I come to you this morning with a message of hope that I promise will outweigh your hurts, but it's up to you to hear it. Friends, you can receive the truth or you can refuse it. It's your choice. God is not forcing you to believe Him, but He invites you to believe and trust Him of your own free will. Instead of looking around at the grievous atrocity of the world, it's everywhere. Can I encourage you to look up in worship to the Almighty God? They hearkened not because of anguish of spirit and cruel bondage. Just because you're hurting and handcuffed now does not mean that you can never be happy, helped, and healed. Would you be free from your burden of sin? Would you or evil of victory win? Would you be free from your passion and pride? Would you be whiter, much whiter than snow? Would you do service for Jesus your King? Would you live daily His praises to sing? There's wonderful, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb that is a balm for your every burden and burdens are lifted at Calvary. Friend, you just have to hear, believe, and trust God. Our heads are bowed this morning.